0: Hey everybody, before we start the show, I want to remind you that before you do anything, you should go to dopamine.life and sign up for our free Myers-Briggs audio tour. Once you sign up for that, you will start getting some emails that have podcast-style explanations of what Myers-Briggs is and sharing how it has been a game-changer for me. So go to dopamine.life and sign up for our free Myers-Briggs audio tour. Hey everybody, C-Note here, and welcome to Dopamine, the show that is like national treasure, Nicolas Cage's best work. Today on the show, I want to talk to you about 10 tips, not 10 tips, uh, a bunch of tips, a lot of tips, uh, tips based on a book about 10 solutions to helping manage ADD, known as inattentive ADHD these days um, to kind of help you get through life and actually be more productive and do the things you want to do without having to, quote-unquote, pretend to be normal or work against your ADHD. This is uh, something I've been using for a very long time, and I hope that this will help you in this episode of Dopamine. So let's hit the button and do the thing. Uh, let's go. Drums, please. <laughs> Hello friends how it is what it is Welcome back to dopamine. I hope you're doing okay. Hope you're living your best life. Hope you're you're prepping for the holiday season and not being stressed out about it. Now, I probably shouldn't uh, mark this as being part of this year, this part of the year. I'm trying to make this content evergreen, but that's fine. Uh, Evergreen like a Christmas tree. (laughs) That's not what they are, but whatever. Um, (laughs) Today on the show, I wanted to talk to you about practical tips for ADHD, And practical tips that have allowed me to get things done and to operate at a, I guess, a high level um, without having to feel like I'm not being normal or not being myself uh, and, and honoring my ADHD, much like I've talked about in the past about like sort of letting your depression in the door and welcoming it in and having some tea. This is about uh, you know, sharing the, the couch with your ADHD and saying, Hey, I recognize that this is a part of my life. This is a part of who I am. So, but we just got to come up with some rules. We got to come up with some ways that we can help each other and not get in each other's way. And, uh, you know, be very thoughtful and helpful to one another. So this is really what this episode is about. Because ADHD is a challenge, and the reason I'm doing this episode today is because I'm basically, I'm feeling it today. I'm like hyperactive. I'm all over the place. I'm pretty sure I am combined, actually, not just inattentive ADHD, but that's fine. It doesn't feel like it manifests as much for me, the uh, hyperactivity side. Uh, Definitely inattention is pretty consistent for me, so... Uh, it's still it's been a massive challenge on my life with productivity, with having to do things a certain way, or feeling like I need to do things a certain way, and not adjusting to who I am. And I've had challenges with jobs, relationships, etc., as a result of that. So, you know, these these are things that I've needed to adjust to who I am. And you know, one of the big things here is that this is about taking advantage of those responses and and your natural responses to the way your brain is behaving, right? So if your brain is trying to convince you to be distracted, it's not about making sure that you're not not distracted, I guess. It's not about making sure that you hyper focus or that you uh, force yourself to focus when you're not able to focus. But taking advantage of it, taking advantage of that need for a hit. And, you know, being able to get things done faster as a result of that and creating systems for yourself, uh, you know, and not taking the reward until the job is done. Because the big thing with ADHD is like the feedback loop, right? ADHD peeps, we love uh, video games because press a button, jump. Like that's a feedback loop. That's a do something, get a response, right? And there's all sorts of rewards in the games usually. Just the ability to have control of the environment, to explore new things, be given tasks, and you hyper-focus, and like, it's exciting, right? That's why we hyper-focus, is because there's something that's providing uh, a hit for us, or we're seeking that big hit, or we assume that the big reward is going to be a big mental hit, right? And there are going to be challenges that we have bigger projects to work on. We're going to have bigger things that we need to manage that require longer term focus focusing of attention like right now i 'm working on a project for a client of mine that's going to be like a couple videos. I have to do a lot of research, I have to do some long, tedious, arduous tasks and i 'm feeling the the edginess of it i 'm feeling like I need to move i 'm feeling like I want to like bounce around and um, I just it 's a bit i 'm having a hard time focusing today so I'm sort of deploying my own tactics and methods of number one, making sure that if I am going through and doing a project, if I'm doing a big project like this, that I need to have smaller projects at the ready that I can bounce back and forth from, right? It's not about starting new big projects. It's about taking things that you already know that you can accomplish, taking simple tasks and being able to switch to those to get them done. So let's say you have... For me, I, 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 you know, sometimes I need to schedule a post or I need to copy and paste some things or I need to like schedule an email or there's something that I can do that's really easy and quick that I can actually allow myself to get distracted from the main big project, do those things, I can still be productive and get those things done, get the hit that I need, and then come back and put a little bit of energy into the big project. Right. And in a way you can think about your distraction as the desire for a recharge because when you're working on the big project and you're not getting that hit, you're basically getting depleted by working on that big project. So it's about managing that energy and listening to yourself and being aware of like when you start feeling like you're getting distracted or itching for something different uh, to give yourself that hit by doing something else that is productive. And I've tended to start like a whole lot of projects when I was younger Because of this and not realizing that the the real key to actually being productive is having the single anchor project as opposed to forcing myself to have um, other uh, big projects to work on as well, because then you're never going to get the hit if you're just progressively chipping away at something and not getting any kind of reward or hit for it. And secondarily, if you're working on a project for a client. To not accept reward for the project until the project is done or the day is done or whatever, right? For me, I like to do, if it's ever possible, I like to arrange sort of a daily invoicing or weekly invoicing so that I can make sure to get that immediate satisfaction of the work that I've done for today. Right. So there's like a reward you're actually working towards. And that means you have to show your client project progress um, and be able to invoice them at the end of the day. And then if you have a really great client, they'll pay you every day and you'll feel that. I think as a freelancer, I've realized in retrospect that I've always preferred getting like $100 here, $100 there, as opposed to waiting two weeks for a paycheck because I'm not getting the immediate hit for the work that I'm doing. And basically working towards figuring out a way to get that hit is really what is going to continue to satisfy the needs of your ADHD brain. And I think that's really important to consider as you're setting up systems and setting up your life for yourself so that you can swim with your ADHD and not swim against it. So recently on Twitter, oh, by the way, all of this is coming from a mix of my own personal experiences and a book that I read that I kind of just saw at Barnes & Noble and thought it was really good. I haven't gone through the whole book, but I've pretty much picked up enough tips to be able to help you here. Is that It's called 10 Simple Solutions to Adult ADD, How to Overcome Chronic Distraction and Accomplish Your Goals. Right, and I don't really like the word overcome. I keep hitting the microphone. Sorry about that. I don't like the word overcome because it's about sort of like defeating it, and that's not really what this is about. I think working with it and creating systems, external systems to help you manage it, I think is really what we're we're talking about here. So, I did a recent uh, tweet storm, as it were, uh, a few weeks ago in mid October, and um, I keep there. I go saying dates again. <laughs> It's not relevant. Doesn't matter. Um, So uh, really, it's about, you know, external systems and finding ways for you to manage your ADHD by either having other people hold you accountable or setting up systems that just feel kind of naturally in your path, that something you almost do instinctively sort of using your muscle memory to your advantage to allow for things to have a place and to remove clutter and to make sure that like things don't get lost in the shuffle and you're allowed to, to have things that has its own place so that, you know, when I I can just kind of know where things are and really the other part of it, we think about focus when it comes to ADHD, but overwhelm is really the other one, right? We feel not only that we're not getting the hit that we need, um, that, that detracts from our focus. Basically the trigger for focus or lack of focus is that we need that dopamine hit. And the other end of that is simply overwhelm, overwhelmed by the amount of stuff that we have to do or the um, perception of the amount of stuff we have to do. That means literally making a list of things so we can actually see what we have to do, but then, uh, being overwhelmed by physical clutter in a space sometimes, or digital clutter. If you have like multiple to do lists, and everything's all over the place, right? Overwhelm is something that I didn't realize for myself was a persistent problem that I needed to manage. Uh, I get overwhelmed if I have to parse too much information in an email, for example. And it's going to take me a couple tries for me to let's say I have to like go do something to build up the the dopamine to allow it to be depleted while I like parse this, (laughs) you know, it's a challenge to parse an email for what the meat is sometimes, uh, which is, you know, a challenge for me personally, uh, in my physical space, making sure that I'm decluttered and not overwhelmed by the amount of things that I need to deal with is usually pretty important. Like for me, when I'm thinking about like the debts that I owe, I owe a lot of debt, student loans, credit cards, things like that. And when I think about the money, the money isn't as overwhelming as the amount of people that I owe. The amount of things that I have to uh, shuffle. So you kind of think of like Diner Dash, that old game where um, you would have to manage all of the plates or the beers coming at you and making sure that, you know, it's like you keep the plates spinning in a sense, right? And if there are just too many lanes for you to collect and serve the dishes and beers, that it is just going to be too much. And I know for me, I shut down. I don't know if that's consistent with ADHD uh, for everyone that does that. But if something gets overwhelming, I just want to make it go away and it just kind of like disappears from my mind and I end up going to do something else instead. So really the biggest thing that we can do from a tips perspective that I'm not even reading off my list yet is to to declutter and to decrease the amount of lanes of. Ideas or projects or whatever that we're actually actively working on, right? So one of the biggest lessons that I don't have on my list is to make a master list, meaning all of the things that you have on your mind that you have to do, put it on one ginormous list, a single list, break down things that are like bigger items into smaller items. Meaning for me, if I do like a video editing project, that I need to break it down like it's the name of the project, and then inside of that is like find music, edit the the clips, you know, uh, render video and upload video, for example. Just like breaking that in, into four sections because there's a chance that I'm not going to do those four things in succession. I'm going to bounce around and probably do one thing and then pick another piece of something else and then do that. But also, what's important is that at the start of your day, and something I still need to implement, is I want to get like a little field notes book. And at the start of my day, I want to write down the things that I actually need to get accomplished priority wise, and then sort of figure out like, you know, what would make me both feel and allow for a reward by the end of the day, right? By the, by the time I'm done these projects, right? And then check them off the master list when you're done with them. So it's not like you're staring at the master list and getting overwhelmed by it. And not sure what to do, but it's like at the top of your day, you look at the master list, you figure, or the night before you figure out like what the priorities are for that day in particular, you list three to five things, not, like no more than that. And then you get those things done. And then after that, it's like a smorgasbord and you just buffet and go into the master list and be like, you know what? I can do this too. And I can do this too. And I could do that too. And it's great. And you just keep like bouncing around and doing things again, leaning into the bounciness. You know, I, I catch myself trying to force myself to be linear all the time, and that messes me up. Trying to be linear when that's just not the way that I think is usually what ends up making me more depleted than anything else. And it sort of ruins the excitement of any of the projects I'm working on. And I find myself having quote unquote writer's blocks more often or creative challenges more often when I am not bouncing around and playing with other things. Because sometimes I'll be working on a different project and I'll get another idea for another thing. And that, you know, but the, the thing is to make sure that that those things don't lead you down a rabbit hole that isn't helpful or productive. Similar to Stephen Covey's Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, he talks about the quadrant system where... The second quadrant is the most important stuff. It's things that are, it's a system based on urgency and importance. So the first uh, quadrant is, ur- is urgent and important. The second is not urgent, but important. And then the third is um, urgent, but not important. And then the fourth one is not urgent and not important. And making the assessment of where your items fall in those lists are going to, is going to allow you to keep focused when you need to keep focused, right? Like going down YouTube rabbit holes is not going to get your project done any faster or get anything done that you have on your list done. You know, most of the time, no one puts watch YouTube for 12 hours on their to-do list. Like that's not a to-do list item that doesn't count, right? So things like that. I mean allow yourself time to rest and enjoy things, right? It's not about working all the time. But when you're designating time for you to get things done and to actually be productive, then you have to allow yourself to bounce around between projects that are productive. But leaning into that bouncing around unfocusedness, I think is is an important part of um, you know, allowing yourself to be yourself. While also nurturing the ADHD side of yourself and being productive all at the same time. The NFL playoffs have arrived, and we have you covered each day on Outkick's Hot Mike with Hudson Withrow. Some of the best football guests break down the biggest matchups from Armando Salguero and Donovan McNabb to Ryan Leaf and Bobby Carpenter, plus the top headlines and reaction. To each playoff weekend. So, Chad, which quarterback ascends to that next level? The Brock Purdy, Dak Prescott, Tua is on this list. Got to be Lamar Jackson, right? Yeah, it's I think, his time right I now. think so. Yeah, it's, it's his time to shine. He's done it in the regular season. He's won MVP. He's going to win it again. It is time for him to win in the playoffs. Playoffs are also a time to shine for Patrick Mahomes. Can he and the Chiefs' offense figure it out in order to repeat this playoff season? There's plenty of craziness on a week to week basis. So, pull up the bar with us each weekday, wherever you listen podcast nfl and more covering your favorite teams OutKicks hot mic with hutton and Whitbrook. all right welcome back some music changes figure i'm give some some little you know give the sound a little paint job and uh, update some things i've since change, change, changed 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 my uh, music platform to Soundstripe, which I think is amazing. I will probably talk to them about some sort of sponsorship. That would be amazing. But uh, we're going to continue our conversation, our talk. I say conversation. It's me talking. I'm talking at you. I'm talking to you. But that's okay. You're listening. You're you're listening intently. You're enjoying it. You're having yourself a jolly good time. Uh, uh, so this second half of the episode is all about these quick tips for, uh, external systems and ideas and ways to manage your ADD challenges and your ADHD challenges. Um, these are more specifically for inattentive ADHD, uh, a little bit of the combined stuff. If you're dealing with more of the hyperactive stuff, uh, I don't have too much for you, but it's going to be pretty important anyway to consider. So what are the biggest complaints uh, or challenges of ADD is uh, losing your keys and losing stuff and not keeping track of things. And if basically you have the same place for something every single time, uh, that's going to be a lot easier to manage, meaning put like a tray by the door. I have the um, this Marshall amp keys thing that I put in front next to my door. Uh, you put it on your keys and it's like the the plug, the one quarter inch jack that you plug in uh, onto your amp. For a guitar or whatever. It's like 30 bucks at Guitar Setter. And it's it looks like a Marshall amp. And basically you take your keys and when you walk in the door, you plug it in, it's a very satisfying sound. Like I think that's really amazing to have. So I make sure my keys are on there and you know I, I leave it by the door, I take it off when I leave. Uh, the house. And then I put it back in and I basically keep my keys on me at all times when I'm out of the house. So I I would not put them down. I know that's a challenge. Sometimes if you're a a woman that has uh, something that doesn't have pockets, but just keeping them in your purse or getting a purse that's big enough, uh, you know, you've got ADHD. Don't worry too much about how you look like try to find something that's conventional, but also looks good. Right. So finding that balance of something that can actually fit in there uh, so you can keep your keys in the same spot you don't lose them you don't put them down at a party and forget them there or something like that making sure that they're in the same spot every single time will help you manage that um uh, a bin of some kind for your daily carry that means like all the stuff that is going to be on you so your wallet your watch uh you know if you have glasses uh anything that you wear every single day as accessories Put them in the same spot every day also in some sort of like a bin or like a little box or something that's next to your bed or in the same spot in the bathroom. I don't know, wherever makes the most sense for you so that you put them there at the end of the night. And if you see that it's empty, you're like, Oh, okay. My stuff needs to go in there. <laughs> right? So it's just kind of managing and tricking yourself. And I realized over time that I was doing this for myself. I was tricking myself. That's how I came up with a lot of these ideas. And I saw some of them in the book, but it's also something that I'm like, Oh, you know what? I knew that I was aware of the challenges that I faced. So I ended up tricking myself as a result. So, uh, that, that's, that, that's pretty good that we did that. Um, to declutter and get unneeded items out of sight. Right. Because I think for me, I know I'm very much out of sight, out of mind. And if things are out of mind, it's actually a very useful thing because you're not concerned with what to do with that thing, or it's not as easy to get distracted by that thing. You know how like kids play with toys and the second that they see something they haven't seen a long time, they're like, Oh, and then they just like take everything out and they get distracted by it suddenly. Um, you know, that happens to the kids all the time. And with an ADHD mind, it's really not all that different. It's about making sure that you're removing things in your sight line that are going to keep you distracted in a not-so-helpful, productive way, right? And just keeping you less overwhelmed in general uh, to, to get unneeded items out of sight or things that you don't use as regularly out of sight. I think that's very helpful. Um, and then uh, oppositionally, keeping regular use items always in sight. So, you know, when you have like bowls and dishes and uh, seasonings or things that you're using every day for cooking in your kitchen or uh, you need access to pens and pencils every single day, like keep that stuff in sight so you're not expending energy searching for things, having to remember where they are, that you'll always see them in sight. And maybe that can, you know, give you the inspiration to work on something that you weren't prepared to work on. You know, it's about keeping the productive, helpful things in sight and keeping the other things out of sight. Um, regular input, output of using mail bins. So when the mail comes in, so luckily when we get our mail, uh, there's a trash can right there. Like I literally will stand at my mailbox and like throw away the useless trash. Because if it ends up upstairs, I'm just going to put it on my desk and it's going to stay there for two months. (laughs) So if I take a minute to go through it and throw things away right then and there, then I'm not going to have to deal with it anymore. It's done. It's I've made choices and I've moved on from it. And even if it does make it upstairs, there needs to be a system of some kind to manage them. So for me, the right side of my desk is my input because it's closer to the door. That's just where I put things. And then left side is output. That means I have to file them or do something with them. Or if they land in between, that usually means they're going to end up in the trash. Like that's just where they have to go next. So some sort of regular input or output system for managing uh, mail items, like physically the mail items. And then um, same thing with email, like not responding to email all the time. But I mean, like if you have... Set times in the morning, and you just kind of deal with things. At least the first for me, I kind of I focus on the items that came in today, and I don't worry about everything before then. Um, If if I check my, I usually check my email in the morning, and then if I get an important email throughout the day, I'll I'll look at it, but I won't open the app unless there's something important. And usually, I'll just check it at the end of the day, also to make sure I have any correspondence that I need to make. And and I'll do that. But usually, you know, the archive button is like my best friend. Just get it out of here. I don't need it. Um, donating items regularly is pretty important. Getting uh, things out of your house again, decluttering, getting rid of stuff because overwhelm is the thing. Overwhelm, lack of focus, etc. So if you get rid of things you don't need, you're you're having less decisions to make, which I think is also important. Like decision fatigue kind of plays a factor in here as well. And really allowing for someone in your life to support you in that. So if you have a friend or come up with some sort of external system to allow you to manage what to get rid of or how to make a decision of what to get rid of, you know, write down your criteria if you need to write down criteria or tell your friend the criteria for keeping or not keeping something or you're like your friend will be the one to throw it out and you don't have to be the one to throw it out for example making sure to evaluate with that person so that you can actually you know get things taken care of and make easy decisions first right the obvious throw away things and the obvious keep things all the maybes you know keep those two but put them in a separate pile keep that in a a, another place for you to manage that a different way. And you can, you can revisit that, you know, set a, set a schedule for like a month from now and revisit it or something, but definitely things that you haven't used in like a year, like you don't, you don't need them most of the time. So, uh, the next one is to automate your bills. And if it's possible for you, if you're making a regular income to automate your bills, usually there's some sort of discount for automating your bills, which is amazing if you can do that. Um, and try to set them, this is another tip that's not on this list. Actually, now that I think about it is to try to set your automations for around the same time every month. If they're kind of scattered throughout the month, it's going to be hard to keep track and try to pare down your bills whenever possible. You know, instead of signing up for like multiple subscriptions, try to pick the subscription. That's the thing you're going to use most of the time, right? Uh, having all of these things to manage, remember the number of things to manage is usually where the biggest stress is going to come from. So if you can automate certain bills or all of the bills, that would be amazing. And then just make sure to take time to reevaluate the things that you are actually using again, decluttering digitally to make sure that you're not paying for more things than you actually need to. Um, Set an alarm for enjoyable tasks to not hyper-focus. So things like playing video games or YouTube rabbit holes or something like that. Making sure that you are either setting an external alarm, usually which is better, or to have someone hold you accountable for when you need to stop, right? And making sure that that ends. Some things have timers on them that will automatically turn off uh, depending on the situation. But if you can find some way to manage yourself if you need to be productive or you need to go do something else or you simply don't want to get caught in a hyper focus mode, then setting an alarm for yourself, um, to, to help you manage that is I think a pretty useful thing. Um, put your phone on the charger while working to focus on tasks. I do this regularly as well. Other than now I'm using my phone to reference this for the podcast, but usually I'll put my phone for at least the first few hours of the day on the charger it really only needs an hour to charge, but, um, I will put it over, it's on top of my refrigerator. It's not at my desk. So don't put the phone charger where you have access to it. Put it somewhere else in the other side of the room. And, um, you know, it'll help you focus on the tasks that you need to focus on. And mode switch at your computer in a digital space or between the, the different productive projects you need to work on and you're not allowing your phone to create rabbit holes for you. Um, have someone prepare your taxes for you. And this is something that I need to do is trusting more people to help me with bigger picture things. Uh, That means things like taxes and finances. And uh, eventually, you know, I want to be able to have a situation where, you know, I can hire a maid or something to help me with some stuff like that. But, uh, you know, asking for help and hire someone to clean or be a VA if you can, a virtual assistant. Uh, Which was hugely helpful for me, too. There were some services out there. I can't think of any at the moment, but there are services out there that you can pay like 30 bucks a month and you'll get like seven tasks. And then there's all sorts of free tasks that you can get. And you can ask virtual assistants to do all sorts of stuff for you. They can pay a bill for you. They can uh, send invoices for you. They can uh, manage client interactions. They can do research for you. They can handle some of the bigger stuff that doesn't quite get you that dopamine hit. And uh, that's a big, big relief for some of the more difficult parts of the project. Um, Uh, This one says, discard junk mail right away, which I've already said, and unsubscribe from useless email. So things that are going to be leading to distractions or things that might be leading to impulse purchases, uh, you could usually deal with that. Because again, overwhelm is the thing. So if you have all sorts of emails that are not relevant and all of these things to have to archive or delete or get rid of, then it just becomes too much. So uh, don't attach credit cards to online shops. You use a prepaid card to add an extra step to avoid compulsion, uh, which is a really, really good idea and something I need to do as well. To attach a prepaid card to like Amazon, for example, and making sure that you can't just click the one button purchase and then suddenly you made an impulse purchase that is going to get in the way of you paying rent this month or something. Right. Uh, That's that's not you know, uh, making sure that there's an extra step, at least, I think is incredibly important for you to consider. Sometimes I will actually, instead of purchasing right then and there, I will add something to my cart or or add something to a list rather, and give myself a little time and um, set a timer for like 24 hours from now and see if that's something you're actually still thinking about. And maybe then it's worth a purchase. Like when I go to stores and stuff, and I, I have an impulse so, want to buy something or something really catches my attention, I will go do other things in the mall or something. And then if by the time we're about to leave, I'm still thinking about that one specific thing, I have to go tell my partner like, okay, let's go, let's go get that. And she'll be really excited about it too. But you know, uh, it's like, okay, I'm still thinking about it. Uh, even though we've done all this other stuff, it's still on my mind and I really want that thing. So then, then maybe you can allow yourself to do that depending on your situation. Right. So Uh, don't read or watch TV in bed. Bed is for sleep and sex, (laughs) basically. Um, and this is something I'm definitely guilty of is, uh, doing too much reading or watching TV in bed because it's, I, I like to do it at night, which I think is a little bit better than doing it, uh, in the morning, especially in the morning. I find that if I look at my phone and I start browsing through things or going down a rabbit hole, like I'll be in bed for two hours and, you know, I work for myself so I can do that, but I also can't do that (laughs) because if I do that, I waste time throughout my day. And then before I know it, it's like noon and I don't get started my day until like 2 PM and everything gets kind of thrown out of whack. So, um, making sure I would revise this to say to don't read or watch TV in bed in the morning or throughout the day, you know, make sure to do that stuff on the couch or in a sitting situation or somewhere where it's not your sleeping space, because then you'll just kind of like allow yourself to, to go too far with that. Uh, use money management software, QuickBooks, FreshBooks, etc. I think those are all, um, you know, extensions of allowing people to help you with things. Uh, most of the time, money management software is pretty simple, in terms of how to manage things. And I try to pick things that will automate things as much as possible. Like if you work for yourself, something like FreshBooks that will send invoices for you and follow-ups and manage the money and send it to your account and do all of that stuff is really great. Things that have a bunch of automations because automations I think are incredibly valuable to the ADHD mind. So allowing for opportunities to use stuff like that, I think is really, really the thing and making processes as simple as possible. So, again, automating little pieces where you can, maybe you have to press a button to kick something off, but in the same way that you could make an impulse purchase, because it's really easy to make an impulse purchase you need to make the processes that are difficult for you that are productive and helpful as simple and easy as possible as well. So, um, try to sleep and wake, wake up around the same time every day. Uh, for me, with cyclothymia as well, that's extra important because it sort of affects the natural rhythms and flows of your body and the chemical uh, secretions <laughs> and uh, all of the challenges uh, mentally. You know, managing the chemical rhythm I think is incredibly important. So try to sleep and go to go to bed and, and wake up around the same time every day. I'd say give or take two hours is usually pretty good. So if you go to bed around like eleven. Somewhere between 9 p.m. to 1 a.m. is probably fine. Um, as long as you're not doing anything extreme beyond that. And then if you wake up at like 9 every day or 8 every day, somewhere between like 7 to 10 is probably fine also, depending on your circumstance. Um, don't overcommit my, commit yourself. Like I said, when it comes to overwhelm, it's sort of the amount of stuff that you have to deal with so that's pretty important if it takes less than two minutes to just do it uh to just get it over with same it's kind of like the idea of standing at the mailbox and get rid getting rid of the junk mail that takes two minutes to do that that's really not that hard usually you see like oh it's another all-state thing i don't need this uh, that's another geico thing oh it's a local shop uh, i don't need this i don't need that i don't know who this politician is you just throw stuff away right you just hand, just handle it right then and there. Don't take it upstairs with you. Just put a bin down there and handle it. Or don't even go in the house <laughs> until, until that's handled. Um, give yourself plenty of time to arrive on time or early to places. Again, you know, you could get distracted by things very easily. So give yourself plenty of time to get there uh, so that you're on time or early to places. Uh, Leave your phone on silent or turn off notification lights or sounds. Again, anything is going to be distracting in your periphery, noises, sounds. I don't put my phone on vibrate at all. Um, If my phone was vibrating in my pants all day, I would get very distracted constantly and I would look at it. Even when there isn't a notification, I will pick up my phone and look at it all the time. And uh, it's just way too distracting for that. Generally get comfortable with the idea of asking for help. Uh, and not being ashamed of the fact that you do need help. You need help with decisions. And really the overwhelm thing is, is decision making overwhelm because there are just too many options. There are too many things. Um, and it's really hard to discern what's helpful and what isn't. And really getting someone to ask you questions or to help you navigate it is, doesn't make you any less of a person. It doesn't make you stupid. It doesn't make you, um, not normal. This is just different. And this is an honest challenge. And, and accepting the truth of your challenge is what's going to make it better over time, easier to manage and live with. Uh, don't grocery shop when hungry, make a list and stick to it. I'm going to kind of breeze, breeze through these a little bit more. Um, avoid sugar, caffeine and other stimulants stimulants to help manage focus. So, I mean, yeah, there are obviously things that are going to level up your energy level and that in turn is going to level up the amount of uh, the ability for something to capture your focus that doesn't need your focus. Um, If you miss a deadline, communicate about it. Use other people to hold you accountable for those deadlines. So if you happen to get too distracted, then to just communicate the fact that, you know, you don't have to specifically say that that's what happens, but say, like, you know, you could say something, maybe something came up, or I just didn't anticipate the amount of energy that this project would take, and I would like to move it back a little bit, or is there room to move it back, or uh, anything like that. And the truth and the fact of the matter is the thing isn't done. So you have to communicate that and allow people to help you adjust to that and help yourself adjust to that as well. Uh, let's see, have, I have a lot of tips here, by the way, (laughs) um, have a VA or editor look at your work to look for missing details. I, When I write and I do writing all the time, um, I miss things constantly and I don't realize that I miss them. It's really frustrating, actually. I will come back the next day and I'll read it and I'll think it's perfect when I submitted it. And I'm like, uh, this looks like a child wrote it. Like, what's going on here? Um, sometimes they're just little details that my brain tends to miss. And I think it's important for you to have someone else look at it if possible. So a VA or an editor or a friend or someone that knows Grammar, spelling, all of that stuff can really help you with that stuff. Um, just dive into detail, focus into detail work until hyper focus kicks in. Use it to your advantage. Use an alarm to get out of it. So if you have the opportunity to hyper focus on something that is going to give you little bits of feedback, uh, to lean in, and that's really the idea is to to let it, you know, catch you and grab you. You know, play some music, allow yourself to just get in the mode, get in the zone, and you know, set an alarm or have someone, uh, let you know to bug you at a certain time so that you don't forget about other things that you need to do. Maintain a healthy spiritual practice to calm your mind day to day. And I think that's part of the sort of private victory that I think every single person can and should have in their lives, uh, every single morning to take time to be, to express some sort of gratitude, maybe listen to meditative music. It doesn't necessarily mean to, you know, sit on the floor with your legs crossed and do the ohm thing it's just uh, meditation is letting your mind be to get comfortable with the silence to let your mind do its work to wander to kind of let your mind flow the way it wants to flow and stop ruminating or letting your thoughts go in circles To just let your mind go to the next thing, to the next thing, to the next thing, and uh, maintain a sense of peace and calm with yourself. I think that's ultimately what spiritual practices mean, at least to me. Um, Maintain connections and friendships to nurture play and creative expressions of your ADD. So similar to what I'm doing on this podcast, I'm sharing with you the fact that I have ADD and inattentive ADHD, and you know, trying to just kind of make light of it. It's not to not take it seriously, but the idea isn't to be humdrum about it all the time. You know, you're trying to share ways that you can put it into creative expression. There are all sorts of amazing people on Twitter who are uh, sharing amazing drawings and infographics and ideas that go around sharing the education around this. There's uh, different websites with creative writing and there's how to ADHD on YouTube, which is like an amazing YouTube channel. That's a lot of fun. It's super quirky and they are creative expressions and your friends and connections are a part of that. There are people out there who are experiencing this as you are also. So to reach out to them, to find them, to connect with me, I'm a person that is experiencing this too. And I am available and accessible, uh, because I'm someone that's helping you. That doesn't put me into some kind of like celebrity status. I'm just a human being dealing with things also. So, you know, let yourself be and appreciate and experience that. That's totally fine. Um, let's see, speak to people, friends, bosses, and therapists about your challenges and accommodations. No one's going to adjust to you if you don't speak up. And I think that's a general challenge that we have about asking for help is that if we pretend like everything's okay, then no one's going to offer their generosity to us. So if you don't allow for the opportunity for someone to extend their generosity to you, then why would they? right? So if they know about your circumstances, they know about the way your mind works, the way you feel, the way you've experienced challenges, then you can allow yourself to not only adjust for yourself, but to ask your bosses and therapists and friends and bosses to adjust their understanding and to accommodate the things that you need, right? It's not about making them change their behavior so much as If there's an environmental change you can make or a uh, external um, sort of uh, uh, situation of getting someone to hold you accountable, then you can allow for that to happen. So maybe you can tell your boss that like, hey, I need I need an assistant or I need you know, I need some way to, to manage this. That's a little bit different, or I'm going to be bouncing around to different projects it might be looking like I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing, but this is the way that I focus where this is the way I think about things, you know? So for me to, where I have to go on walks a lot and I need to kind of create a lot more breaks or I might, We need to take more breaks than the average person, but I promise I'm going to get more things done. Right. Stuff like that. Just like being willing to speak up about your challenges and not saying that you need to have special attention, but that you're going to do things the way that you need to do them and to just not think ill of them, to not think that. Uh, you know, your intention is to be lazy or to be difficult or to be a challenge, but this is just who you are. And these, these are the accommodations that you need to make, right? And express your frustrations for your challenges as well. You know, express them to family and friends, your loved one, your 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 kids sometimes could use some help in knowing that that's something you're dealing with. and You know, that could teach them to have patience for different people in different circumstances if they see that their parents is, are dealing with something. You know, I think if you have the opportunity to express on a podcast or to make it a part of something that you do for a living, you know, you're an illustrator and you want to create things that, ex- that, that sort of share these ideas. Like that's really amazing. And that's powerful to put into the world, uh, find groups, influencers, videos, and research to learn more about yourself. And like I said, how to ADHD, there's a- ADT, uh, there's attitude, ADD, like etude. Uh, out there, um, there are all sorts of YouTube channels, groups, Facebook groups, people who are expressing challenges, struggles, uh, things that they figured out. Uh, there's all sorts of research. There's all sorts of books like the one I'm going to put in the description and ways that you can learn about this. Listen to podcasts like this one and, uh, uh check out the YouTube channel, dopamine doc, uh, youtube.com slash dopamine TV to check out more episodes stuff like that. Right. Learn about your personality type and how it plays a role in this. So whether that's through the Enneagram or Myers-Briggs or whatever, learning how your personality type intertwines and plays with the AD, your ADHD is pretty important, too, because it's going to show up differently for someone who has extroverted intuition versus somebody who has introverted intuition, right? Your mind might wander more internally and you might space out more than you bounce between ideas, And it's going to look a little different and you may experience it differently. And, um, you know, being different doesn't mean that you're not normal or broken. It just means that you have to make accommodations for who you are and then understanding what aspects of yourself in terms of your personality are actually more common than you think they are. That's why I've distilled the understanding of ADHD to the ideas of overwhelm and focus because it's about decision fatigue and the amount of stuff that you have to deal with. And, the fact that your focus becomes inattentive because you need uh, some sort of a dopamine hit, right? Those are some, sort of the basic core ideas. It has really not anything to do with personality. You know, your ADD doesn't make you do something that you're not already inherently uh, ready to do. It's not like a third arm in your head. It's, it's just more of an accentuation of your personality or it's like a, a chemical guide, as it were to the things that, that your, your mind needs you to do from an instinctual level. So learning your personality type can help you differentiate yourself from your ADHD. And you can learn more about your Myers-Briggs type and, and personality typology at dopamine.life. We have a free Myers-Briggs audio tour that if you click and sign up for that, you'll get a bunch of emails with me sort of explaining what Myers-Briggs is and the dichotomies and how to understand it and all of that stuff. Um, My friend Susan Storm has a really great at, um, uh, was it psychology junkie or personality junkie? I think it's psychology junkie. I can't remember what her website is. (laughs) There's two junkie ones. Um, But uh, psychology junkie, I think it is. And uh, just look for the one that has Susan Storm. The one is Susan Storm. The other is AJ Drenth. They're both great. Um, But the one with Susan Storm, she has a personality test up there that that she put up recently. And um, it's really an amazing uh, test that will really help you figure out your personality type. And then you can follow her resources to learn more about that or come back to dopamine.life and follow my resources for that. Uh, Last few things. Um, actually, no, I think that was really the last one. So managing life with the challenge of ADAD is a creative practice. There are creative solutions for you to accomplish what you want not to be quote unquote normal. This is for you to overcome your own executive function challenges and to not keep up, but to define how you want to live. And I think that's incredibly important to think about that. These are all tips for you to take control of your life. It's not about forcing people to get to know your mental challenge and forcing other people to treat you like you're a child, right? Cause you're not a child. You're still an adult. You're something, you're someone that's dealing with this, but it's not about making sure that people pity you or belittle you or make you smaller or for you to make yourself smaller. It's the idea of you being able to take control of your life to manage the accommodations that you need for you to be productive in a different way as opposed to trying to force yourself into this box of normal so that you can end up hurting yourself more than it's going to help. So it's about honoring who you are. It's about allowing other people to honor you as well. And then being able to go forward and conquer life and live your best life and create things and express things and be the best version of the ADHD self that you can be. All right, friends. Thanks for listening to the show. I appreciate you. And uh, I have been C-Note. My name is Christian Rivera. I am the owner of Dopamine and C-Note Media. So if you want to go to dopamine.life to check out our Myers-Briggs audio course and other podcast episodes. Please, please do that. That'd be rad. We also have a YouTube channel, youtube.com slash dopamine TV. And also you can hit me up at let's go see notes on all the social channels. Feel free to let me know if you have any questions, comments, concerns. We also have a button on our description of this podcast where you can leave a voice message and let us know what you think. If you have any questions and uh, any podcasts, topic requests, uh, we can certainly take that and do that and run with that. So I would appreciate if you leave a rating and review on iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, wherever it is that you listen to podcasts. Reviews help me and help the show. That would be absolutely incredible. I want to thank Soundstripe for the music. I want to thank Molly, my partner, for being always amazing, being here for me. And I want to thank you, the audience, for continuing to support this show and be here for its evolution and to help me continue to grow and have patience for my growth process as well. So I appreciate you guys. Take care of yourselves and each other. And I'll catch you next time on Dopamine. Peace out. This has been a C-Note Media Production.